imagine this. Royalty, a winter riding retreat, snow, and bunny slippers. Welcome to the Yar Family TV podcast, where we talk about family-friendly television entertainment the whole family can watch together. Today, my special guest co-host is Stacy Blessings Matthews, fellow GAC fans admin. Stacy joined me on our first Our Family TV podcast to kick off the preview of the GAC movies last fall. Stacy is an avid fan of family-friendly programming and an occasional guest on movie podcasts. Today, we're going to review the GAC family TV movie, The Winter Palace, and it stars Danica McKellar as Emily Miller and Drew Bledsoe as Prince Henry. Jennifer Wigmore as Miss... Ms. Tilson and Luke Marty as Fritz give strong performances throughout the movie. Very entertaining. So this movie was directed by T.W. Peacock. And I just did some research for him. And uh, he did, I'm assuming it's a him, but I'm not sure. T.W. could be a gal. So T.W. Peacock did Royally Wrapped for Christmas Christmas in Montana. He did a couple episodes of When Hope Calls, some Good Witch episodes, and many others that that many of you out there would uh, recognize. This movie was produced, an executive produced, I should say, by Danica McKellar, Brad Cravoy, Susie Cravoy, and many, many others. And so Brad's got his name over all of these movies, but it's just fun to see Danica have her name on this. She, she was an executive producer. It was written by Greg Rawson and Brian Sawyer. And again, I looked them up too. They apparently write together. So when I looked them up individually, it they were writing the same um, movies and shows. So um, some of the ones that they've written was A Rose for Christmas, Christmas in Rome, A Perfect Catch, North Pole. And uh, they wrote these together. And so very quality writing there. So I just want to welcome Stacy. Welcome. Thanks, Bobby, for having me. I appreciate it. I, I can't wait to talk about this movie. It was it was a it was a delight. It really was a delight. So let me go ahead and give a, a brief movie summary, and then I'll go ahead and um, ask some questions, and then we'll kind of go back and forth. So this story is about Emily, who's an accomplished author. And she's having writer's block. And so she goes to be the caretaker of a chalet where the owners haven't been around for five years. So she basically was just going there to have to, like, you know, run the water to make sure that the pipes don't freeze, you know, knock off some icicles and so forth, or so she thinks. So she's going there to get inspiration to write. She finished her first book, and she has a couple months to be able to finish her deadline for her second book. So as she's seeking inspiration from this new location, the royal prince Henry Algier of Concordia arrives to spend the week there alongside his posse, his personal valet and bodyguard Fritz, and his chief of staff, Ms. Tilson. So part of Emily's contract for being a caretaker, though, is to do whatever the owner wants. And so uh, they start putting demands on her, and there's just so many... Um, comedic situations, including like the very first scene where the, the meet cute um, between Danica McKellar's character, Emily and Prince Henry, um, when, he, you know, she thinks he's a burglar and 
it's just uh, I it's just a really funny way to introduce characters to each other. And uh, I enjoyed that very much. Um, I don't know, Stacy. do you have anything else you'd like to add to that movie summary? No, I, I, I really love the whole premise of it. I was very hopeful that it wouldn't be the same old, same old. And I was very, very happy to see it was taking such a great comedic turn in several places. Um, it was reminiscent of, I'm a big Gary Marshall fan, mm-hmm. and I like the Princess Diaries, yes. and it kind of has that that comedic flair to mm-hmm. it. Yes. So I even like jotted, jotted that down in my notes. I'm like, oh, this kind of has the fun to it. And it's not over the top either. No, it's not. And and what I what I recall listening to, I listened to a variety of interviews that Danica McKellar gave. And, you know, one of the things that she said as executive producer, it gives her more license to make changes to the script. And she said that all four of those primary characters that were in the movie um, were had done stage before and you know, I thought the four of them together were so good. Like I loved the fun, um, the fun side of Fritz, the bodyguard and valet. I mean, he just was fun. You know, he just, he just wanted to have a good time and he tried to make light of everything. And then there's Ms. Tilson who was just so proper and so straight laced and, she was great in her role. Like it was very believable that that's how it would be. And um, so I I thought that their chemistry for all of them, not just Neil Bledsoe and Danica McKellar, who had great chemistry, great chemistry between the two of them. But I thought the four of them together, it was just super good. I I enjoyed that very much. I like that um, Miss Tilson uh, was Jennifer Wigmore. She didn't go for the wicked stepmother... Um, step helper kind of kind of vibe it was more of I'm concerned for you mm-hmm. Prince Henry and, right. and I, I liked that a lot more than you know the plain old wicked person that has to be you know has a stick up or took us and you know <laughs> has, mm-hmm. to, has to make sure that you do everything by the book she kind of really when she let her hair down for the spa treatment, which I thought was funny, it kind of like gave her a new vibe. And I just, I loved it. Literally and figuratively, she let her hair down for the spa yep. treatment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Stacy. So what did you like best about the movie and why? You know, I like at the beginning how, how Neil Bledsoe, as Prince Henry was making it seem like everyone had to be subservient to him. And at first I'm like, I'm not going to like this movie if it's going that way. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he kind of, he kind of flips it and you see the human side of him. You see him struggling with the loss of, um, of what Michael Chauncey, his mm-hmm. uncle. Right. And right. It, it was just, you saw he, he felt bad when, when he did certain things he shouldn't be doing. And, and I, I liked how he got out of his comfort zone and he really started to teach Emily how to do that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I, <clears throat> yeah. That, um, 
there really wasn't much. I, I really liked everything about the movie. And that's the challenge for me. It's like, I really loved the cast. I loved the acting. <clears throat> Again, we talked about the comedic, so many comedic mo- um, moments in the movie. Throughout the movie, I mean, up until the very end, why are you hiding behind that flag? I mean, like literally, it, it was funny from beginning to end. And um, just really fun lines. Like, again, not over the top, but things like people would really say. Um, but what I loved, I have to say, I guess what I loved the most was the quality of the writing. Um, I, I think um, there were so many metaphors in there about like an author or writing that I really enjoyed that. So I kept waiting for them. And here's a few of them that, that, that came through. Um, so at the end, towards the end of the movie, the king, uh, the king says to Emily, I guess one must not judge a book by its cover, cover of a book. And then, um, Henry's dad, the king, um, or no, Becca, her friend says to her, Emily, I'm sorry I wrote you into all of this at the end of the movie. And again, another, you know, I, I just love that, you know? Um, and then, um, what we had is a fiction. That's one of the things that Prince Henry Henry said to his dad when he was talking about Emily to him at, towards the end of the movie. And um, and then I'm trying to remember who said this. I wanted to write my own story. I think it was Henry. It uh, kind of around the same time. Yeah. 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 It was. <laughs> and he had also said, "My whole life has been penned down to the letter." And then while looking through the telescope. Um, she says, why can't you write your own story? And, um, you know, and then at the very end of the movie, when, when she says, why are you hiding? He says, why are you hiding behind the flag? And she says, what about the coronation? And he says, I wanted to write my own story. So I love those metaphors. Like I, I really enjoy that when I'm watching a movie. So I love the movie. So when the cast is good and there's comedy and and there's such quality writing. It's just it's just like a home run for me. And so I would have to say, overall, the writing is what I appreciated the most. The lines themselves. And the true antagonist. I'm like, who is the antagonist of the story? And I think it was just the thought of being someone you didn't want to be. Mm-hmm. Well, because because I even thought like Nigel Bloden the uh, photographer. I'm like, oh, he has mm. to have a couple lines. He had no lines at well, all. Well, Miss Tilson, though. He brought them together. Miss Tilson yeah, was she, a little, because she brought the father into it. Like, yeah. she was afraid that, you know, he was getting too close to her and that, that it was going to affect the kingdom. And so I think she was a little bit of it, but yet she also came around. You know, like I she wasn't her, a big bad witch or anything like that. No, I <laughs> no. thought of her as like... She had like the mama bear quality. Yeah, she did. And for you sure. know, there are those mama bears totally. out there. And she was like totally being a mama bear. It's like mm-hmm. taking care of the prince and I'm taking care of my people. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I just, I loved it. Um, going back to the photographer, I think that if they didn't have the tabloid photographers, it wouldn't have moved the story as quickly because you could tell there was chemistry between. Emily and Henry and then you get the photographer in there and it like seemed like it, it brought them a little bit closer a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Okay, so if you had the chance to ask a character in the movie a question, what would it be? I would want a sequel, first of all. Mm -hmm. I've been kicking around the sequel. I think they should go to Concordia and uh, do a Christmas one. We'll give give Bill Abbott some time here. Mm -hmm. He can can do a Christmas movie. He can have the have Henry and have Emily adopt a couple orphan kids and, you know, spend some time at the palace, the actual kingdom palace, see how Concordia is compared to the Chalet palace there and and kind of compare those. And I know I'm not answering your question. No, it's okay. You know, I actually, you know, when you said that about a sequel, I saw, I was just reading right a little time ago that somebody, I was looking at some tweets and um, this person suggested a sequel called One Winter Chapel and that they get married in the chapel at, um, the, at, at the chalet location. And so I thought, oh, okay, that's a good idea. But I like your idea better. I mean, I do love the royal movies as long as they're not too hokey. Like, we don't want the same place, same thing. We, I mean, there's been some great royal movies out there. And so we've got to be careful when we have new ones that they're going to tell a different story, that it's not going to be the same old thing. And And I felt that this story was really, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a cute story, but it has a lot more heart and it, it, it really focuses on the fact that you can have other careers totally. and enjoy what you're doing. Totally. And, and I, I, that's why I love your idea because they're um, not only their chemistry uh, and, and how they, you know, read each other and everything when they're acting, but I like the characters themselves where they don't take each other too seriously. You know, like they want to have fun. Like they realize it's almost like they realize the work-life balance. Um, more so than other characters that would be in a royal movie. And so um, I think, I love your idea. I think that would be great. And for me, I would just want to ask Fritz, what would you be doing if you weren't doing this job? Because <laughs> I just love his character. Like, he just he seems would, so he would fun. Be, <laughs> he would be at, like, Chick-fil-A as the greeter. <laughs> or Or that guy that right? has to answer, you know, take our order from them. And or then juggling. Just be like the comedic. Yes, he could yeah. totally be a juggler. Totally be a juggler. I, I, I totally <laughs> see him as like the huggable person. Maybe he would be like a mascot at Disneyland or Disney World. Hey, that's a great idea. Because mm-hmm. he just, he came off as like very friendly, very you would think he'd be stuffy and he wasn't a stuffed Not at shirt all. at all. No, he just went with the flow. Like he was happy no matter what he was doing. He he was just, I just loved his personality. And he I, wasn't gullible or anything no, like that. Because no. usually if some, they, they always seem to cast people that if they're lovable that they'd have to be gullible. Yeah, yeah. And, and it wasn't there at all. It's like, oh, you want to, you know, wear blue? Okay, fine. Here's your blue. Let me get your blue shoes. You, you, know, <laughs> you know, it, it was all good. You just reminded me that they didn't have anybody dumb in this movie. Like, sometimes they have people in the movies that just play these dumb characters. And it's kind of like, I just don't see people like that in real life. And it really, to me, sometimes it's insulting when they put these dumb characters on shows and movies. And it's like, there were no dumb characters in this movie at all. And I really like that. (laughs) There there doesn't have to be. Yeah, there's no arguing either. Like, Princess Edwina. 
you know, Henry right. was calling her Eddie. And I'm like, I love that term of mm-hmm. endearment, calling yes. your sister Eddie yes. and suggesting that she take and be the queen. Right. You would think it would only be at the end. Oh, mm-hmm. she should be queen. But it wasn't. It was like, you know, three fourths into the movie. And he's like, please, dad. Yeah. Let exactly. her do this. She really wants to do it. And she stepped up and everything. And, and I like that part, too. And I'm, gl- um, did, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Did you want to talk about the dinner scene where they, um, oh my where gosh. Henry made the, the hysterical? The it's hysterical. Like, I mean, there were just some really funny scenes in it, but that scene and like the beginning scene when they meet, um, that scene was just super good as, as also the reference from that scene to, to the scene that they were referencing about the gray eggs. I mean, like seriously, it was so funny and they were all laughing. That was the first time I marked down. That was the first time that, that Ms. Tilson smiled in the movie. Yeah. Would you, would you ever give your opinion to your employer like that? And it was just such a family friendly banter mm-hmm. between all of them and it, it really showed <laughs> that there was a relationship yes. that was more than just totally you know employer and and employee so I, I like that one a lot mm-hmm. that was a that was just such a funny scene and and again the reference to you know Fritz says that I do when he asked them you know about the texture of the chicken and he said I do recall a wallet I once owned it was just so funny. And then and then he referenced again her gray eggs that she made. And you know what I didn't what I liked is that neither of them backed down on that. Like like she didn't try to say, Oh, come on, my eggs were great or anything like that. Like she agreed. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, she she's like, I totally agree. Yeah. Stepped on it and you know, as long but he ate the gray eggs. He so, did. and they ate the fajitas. So that <laughs> right. kinda tells you a little something. Right. Absolutely. So if you had the chance to ask the screenwriter or director a question, what would it be? Screenwriter or director a question. Um I would, I would like to know, did Danica and the writers and um, Brad sit down and talk about having that type of camaraderie between essentially the four main characters? I mean, it, it seems like it was a very balanced theme of showing you that upper crust people you know, <laughs> they're not stuffy. Mm-hmm. They might have some some different miscues or missteps or something like that when it comes to comparing etiquette and, you know, real world situations. So I, I would like to know how they decided to do that type of a balance. And then it wasn't a lot of slapstick comedy. They could have went over the top with the comedy. So I want to know if maybe from a comedic standpoint that they go, you know, we, we don't want to go this far, but we'll go this far because Mm -hmm. it was just enough to make it really like, it wasn't goofy funny. It was just, it was funny. Right. You know, we're, we're very humorous in our family. Like we, we have a lot of banter, um, 
between, you know, my husband and I, with our sons, um, with our families, and um, I can't imagine life any other way. And so that's the kind of comedy, like you heard in this movie, is the kind of comedy that we would have. Like, it's not over the top, like slapstick kind of stuff, but it's just funny. And so to me, that's how we get through the day and how we get through life. I, I think it's just so important. And my my question was really very similar to yours. I was, because I loved all those metaphors and um, about writing in the script or being an author somewhere in that along those lines, I was wondering whether or not, like, were they all original or was that after the fact? You know, because... Um, as Danica had shared, and I shared a little bit earlier about how the, they had collaboration on set, especially with the four of them when you were talking about the four of them. And I'm really curious about that. She did say that, you know, they made changes. And I do know that they continually make changes in the script and so forth as they go along. Um, so when they see what works and what maybe doesn't work, whatever. And I was just curious about all those metaphors, whether or not they were original or added after the fact or maybe half and half. I was just curious about that because I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I, I like that too. And in, I like that they both had somewhat normal careers. And then you know, the prince was more than just a prince eating his, I think they said bonbons at one point. And, mm-hmm. you know, Emily was an accountant at one point. Right. So that was interesting. She knows yeah, I like that aspect. I'm like, it's nice to see that there's, <laughs> I, I, I know I was going to bring that up. I was going to be like, oh, that reminds me of a certain other person on here. But uh-huh. I, I just thought it was interesting how they kind of like, she went for her dream and he kind of didn't a little bit. And she kind of showed him, you know, it's okay to balance both of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't all about, um, Emily and her breakup that right. she had. I mean, totally. he mentioned it a couple of times, yeah. and then that was it. It's like I don't even know what the guy's name was. Like whatever. Right. I don't even know that they mentioned it, did they? I don't even know. They could have. I don't, I don't even remember. I think his name was Michael. I think his yeah, name was I Michael mm-hmm. from the, the beginning was, of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just it just seemed like you know she didn't let a breakup define her, which is how some heroines tend to do in certain royal movies mm-hmm. so right. it, it was nice to to see someone that had a good head on their shoulders and was mm-hmm. moving on mm-hmm. totally yep i agree totally now what do the main characters learn about themselves and how do they change you know i think that for prince henry it was that sometimes duty is getting over you know really getting over you know what people expect of you and just to be happy with yourself Mm -hmm. I'm thinking and then when it came to Emily her writer's block really wasn't writer's block it was just a fear of the unknown the fear of not having that boyfriend the fear of not knowing if you're going to be able to make that second book. And then you have this journal of ideas and it gets burned. Which was another and, funny scene, you know. And, and I love that. <laughs> and, and I love how, how Henry felt so terrible about it. Now, if he was this very um, conceited prince, 
he would have been like whatever but instead he felt terrible and went to the to town and and got her a new journal mm-hmm well, and so I, I like that. Thinking of that scene, um, I believe that uh, Danica said on one of her interviews that that was an improvisation where when he got the soot on, he put the soot on his face. And when he was like, you know, trying to put out the fire and everything, he pulls out this, you know, charred um, idea book. And then he accidentally puts like these two lines going down his face area and that in and of itself like she was upset that her idea book got caught on fire and was destroyed but when she saw him put that soot on his face it just kind of changed her whole perspective and she laughed you know and and uh so i yeah that, that was just a yeah, really you have to scene. laugh at yourself you sometimes do. and, you and do. that's kind of been a big theme of the entire movie totally it's okay to to mess up it's okay to laugh at yourself a little bit when you're doing it mm-hmm. i do think that prince henry learned that he had courage um you know that he knew that he didn't want the throne but until emily came along he wasn't willing to give that up and follow his dream of you know, living in the Winter Palace with someone that he loved, you know, like she was his inspiration. And then in turn, um, he was her inspiration. And because he inspired her, she was able to finish her second book. And and um, they clicked really well doing that, too. Mm-hmm. And I like that aspect because, you know, you can tell when someone's been married to someone so for, for a fairly long time because they just click better together at least in my experience and and that's the kind of vibe I received when I was watching this that they were just really clicking there were so many moments where it could have went a different way but instead they were acting like um, an old couple so to speak Mm -hmm. yeah definitely that was uh, super good so what good insights into life are in this film you know I think that you probably watch this movie about four or five times and find something different each time. Um, I think watching it this first time, you find that it's, it's okay to do some of your dream. It's okay to pursue it. It's okay to tell people about it. It's okay to not do what um, other people expect of you to. And I think that's probably one of the hardest parts, I think, is trying to find the person that you want to be. So I mm-hmm. hope that wasn't too long-winded. No, not at all. You know, for me, when I thought about this question, um, I really kind of think it boils down to the last, his last speech that he gives. And he says, every stone has a statue in it just waiting to be discovered. Life is this way. We cannot see our futures any more than we can see a statue crafted in stone. Yet chip by chip, our lives begin to reveal themselves until they are released from their blocks. We are faced with a choice. We can carve out a life worth living or be carved out. And it was like, wow, that that in and of itself is some really good insight into life. I mean, you really need to, um, you need to go after what you want you need to have the courage to pursue those things that you want to do 
And um, because if you don't, then life is going to be carved out for you and it's going to be a life you don't want. And so uh, I just really, again, I love the dialogue. I love that dialogue. I, I, I really enjoyed the writing in this movie. And um, so that, that's what I would say about uh, insights into life. And I was wondering if you had any final thoughts. Well, I already mentioned I would like a sequel. So please, <laughs> if, if we could, please, please. I, I'm actually of of a lot of the movies that I've seen. This one it, it kind of deserves a sequel, just to to see where these characters are. I'm I'm just curious what they would do with them, and and what kind of um, comedic follies would occur on both uh, mm-hmm. on both fronts between Henry and between Emily, and how people would react to this 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 couple. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of like that, that aspect a lot. What are your thoughts on it? Well, you know, I, uh, again, getting back to, I really love the comedy. And so I wanted to just <clears throat> share a few of, um, some of the comedic either lines or scenes that we haven't talked about. Like at the very beginning of the movie, when they come in and, um, the Wi-Fi password is off with their heads <laughs> it's just so funny i mean like all that's, lowercase too you right pretty, all, lowercase, all lowercase all lowercase it's like again fritz i love that character like seriously he could have a movie of his own i just love his character and um one of the things that i really like about the movies this year was you know normally you have your primary characters that you know the male and female leads front and center 90% of the time. But this year, it seems like there was a lot of dialogue given to, you know, like the secondary characters. And I like that because it really helps to tell the story better. It makes it richer for the leads because it just, it just provides more history and background. And I, I really think that's important in a movie. And a lot of times we don't get that and we're left wondering what that was all about. Um, And, and go ahead. I'm sorry. very, I, I totally agree with you. The flow is just so much better when you're giving other lines to, you know, traditionally you would think they would just be scenery, you know, still mm-hmm. in scenery right. and stuff like that. So I, I totally get where you're, where you're going. I, I keep on going, Bobby. <laughs> well, so again, some of the, the funny, some of the funny lines was, <clears throat> when they had that, well, when she first entered the um, chalet the first day, she's looking around and she says, interesting decor. And then um, when they had their first meet, the meet cute, and, and they're inside talking and everything, and she's she realizes that he really is a prince because at first she thought he was a burglar. And she says she needs to go get changed. And he looks up and you see this coat of arms on the fireplace, which is what she was referring to for the interesting decor. And she has her socks hanging on on them. And he says, you may want to take your, you might need your socks. And then he looks, pans down, the, the, the camera pans down. And he goes, interesting slippers. She, she has bunny slippers on. And I just, I think he was jealous of it. I think he wanted a pair of bunny he probably at did. that point. He probably did. I just thought it was just super funny. I thought it was just, what a great prop for her to wear bunny slippers, you know? 
And, um, and it met her character to a T. Like, right. I could totally see her wearing those the entire time. And then there were a number of times, I would say six to eight or some, somewhere around there, when they talked about the schedule. It's a schedule. I don't even know how to pronounce schedule. I laughed every time they said it. Like, it's like schedule. <laughs> you have to play the hot chocolate. You have to play the hot chocolate game now. When we rewatch that movie and every time they say the word schedule, something like that, you have right? to take, you have to chug the hot chocolate. You have to then. chug the hot chocolate. I just, I just found that so funny. And, and it was said by primarily Ms. Tilson and then Henry. They're, they're the ones that, that said it. And I just, I just, it just cracked me up. And then one of the other things that I didn't mention, because um, it wasn't really a metaphor. Well, I guess it is. And, and, and that I failed to when she was talking to her friend Becca, when she realized that she was going to have to like stay there, even after they got there and kind of be, um, their true caretaker and do whatever they wanted. She, she, she says uh, in reference to the contract that she had signed, she says, as a writer, you'd think I'd pay better attention to the words. <laughs> I love that. I thought that was great. I well, I that. talking, talking about Becca, I, I like that. She didn't want to leave Becca out there to, you know, look bad with the boss. If, uh, if she were to leave or something like that. So mm -hmm. I, I liked how Emily and Becca had that yes. togetherness. And you could tell the togetherness just from the first scene of the movie. Yes. It's like, boom, they're yes. just walking down the street, just having a good old time talking. Mm -hmm. Yep, and, I like that and friendship. And I, I liked it. I did too. I really liked their friendship. You could tell how much they cared about each other. And um, yeah, that was great. And And so speaking of like the caretaking responsibilities, one of the things that, that uh, she, Ms. Tilson says to Emily was that, that Prince Henry needs to have the London Concord, which is the newspaper every day. And she says, that's okay. He can just like, you know, go online to get it. And she says, no, he needs to have the hard copy. So she actually went online and then printed it and taped it all together to give to him. And it just looks so funny. And I just thought that was clever too. I just, I really, I really enjoyed that. <clears throat> uh, I found that to be hilarious too. I, I forgot all about that. It's like she wasn't being a smart aleck. It was just being practical mm -hmm. is the way I took it. And I, I think I would have been amused by that too. Mm -hmm. And then I like the, the croissant scene too. The croissant the, scene um, was great. The fun shaming. With the donut ladies. Oh my gosh. The F's, you know, are you fun shaming me? You know, Emily told him to have more fun and and he says his friends want fame, favor, and funding from him. And I don't know. I just thought the fun shaming was a funny line. And um, I also really liked what he had said, um, Henry, <clears throat> when he was talking about his uncle. Clearly, he adored his uncle, and he really kind of took after his uncle. And, um, you know, his uncle... So his father is retiring, which is another interesting concept here is like that was a requirement that you have to retire before you're 70. So that's why Henry was going to be crowned. And then, but his uncle Chauncey built the chalet to escape the pressures, the pressures of the res, of his royal responsibilities. But what Henry, I really love what Henry said. Um, he said that he made everyone feel like a king when they walked in the door of the chalet that he built, and and that's why he named it the Winter Palace. And I just thought that was really special. 
I, I, I like that too. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I did write in there that I have to find my note real quick here. Cause I, I found it interesting when they were cleaning out the, the room with treasures. Okay. Would you have thrown any of that stuff away? No. <laughs> I'm looking at it. I'm like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, why are we talking about throwing that stuff away? I mean, right. there's some nice stuff in there. I'm like, right. My hoarding, my hoarding was like, oh, <laughs> totally would go for that. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was funny. It was like, if that's their treasure room, their junk room, I'm like, they have not seen my living room since after <laughs> Christmas. So. Nope, I agree. And I loved how she got him to lighten up by doing the hockey thing. That was pretty funny. And um, I, I thought that missed his, um, missed himself. I think I said it wrong. But I thought she was going to have a, a heart attack I watching know. them. She just, the look on her face. And, right. and then you see Chris there going, yeah, go. I was waiting to see and start rooting them on and stuff like that and be the referee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I loved at the end of the movie when Emily thought that, and they didn't play up this whole, so he was supposed to be engaged to this Beatrix, which was the country next door. and And so... There was nothing to it. They had, like, broken up, but they didn't want the media to know. And so, of course, there was this little misunderstanding. But they didn't make it out into be a big misunderstanding, and I liked that. They didn't play up on that. It was very minor, and um, but but they did address it. But so when she was, when Emily was leaving, because she didn't want to get in the way, um, I really loved that, you know, when Fritz and Miss Tilton, he had made the origami flowers for her. And then Miss Tilson says to her, you really are a breath of fresh air. And I really liked that. I appreciated that she recognized that. And like you said, she's just like a mama bear. She, you know, she's just trying to take care of business. And that's all she was trying to do. So she was, you know, pretty tough. And, um, but, you know, underneath that tough exterior, warm heart, for sure. Yeah. And I love that there was a chapel on the property. I do, I did love and that. And I, I like the chapel. I like the chapel a lot. I'm like, I would like to have seen like an aerial shot of how they were setting this up. Because I'm like, oh, it looks really nice. I'm like, oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the church. It was very reminiscent of um, some other churches that I've seen. I like the mm-hmm. old white churches. Well, it kind of looks like, like the church husband. on When Calls the Heart. I mean, it really does. Yeah, that's kinda what look I like thought. The church that's school. what they're mm-hmm. looking at. Like, yeah. I was like, I wasn't going to say it, but I'm like, oh, <laughs> maybe it's just me. But I'm like, I really thought it looked like the church from When Calls the Heart. Yeah, it did. Very much so. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a newer version, you know, like a... A yeah. more current version of it, but it's very kind of similar shape and everything. And just who doesn't just love a church like that? I'm just, it's just special. And I just love to know that it was there on their property. So that was great. And that's pretty much it for me, unless you have anything else you would like to share, my dear. No, I believe that's it. It, it was a delightful movie. It's, I think it's my number one fave royal movie. And we had talked earlier, and I'm not a royal movie fan per se, but I love to watch, you know, family-friendly programming. Mm-hmm. And this is my number one. Mm-hmm. So it knocked out a different movie from Danica. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's just a smidge. And I think it's because I like how the comedy was. It was... it. 
every single line was perfect to be where it was at. Totally. Totally. I loved it. It it really had everything in it. There was comedy in Crown for Christmas. I'm just going to say what it is because I'm pretty sure that's what you're referring to. (laughs) And and I really Mm -hmm. love that movie as well. Um, But that one was just like a more typical, like this was atypical. And that's what I loved about it because it, it really wasn't what you would expect. And, and that's kind of what I love in a movie when I get what I don't expect, because there is this expectation with these kinds of movies that we get on family friendly that you can always predict what's going to happen. Now you might always kind of know that people are going to end up together in the end, but the journey is quite different now than it has been in the past. And, and it's all about the journey, right? So it isn't about whether or not they end up together, but it's how they got there and how enjoyable. Cause we're spending those two hours like watching this journey to see them get there. And so we want it to be interesting. We want it to be fun. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. GAC, Danica McKellar, Brad Cravoy, whomever else is in, you know, of course, Bill Abbott, Uh, who's making the decisions to add more comedy to these movies, because I really, truly believe it makes a huge difference. And, and I will say this, you know, my husband will watch, if I'm watching a movie on GC, Dave will watch with me. He really enjoyed this one and he likes Danica as well, but he really enjoyed this movie. And I think it was because of just all the comedy and, um, I and and I loved not only the comedy but the writing, the acting, the cast was great. I mean, I really have not honestly, I have nothing negative to say about it at all. I can't come up with anything that I wish they had changed or done better. I I, I can't. I can't come up with one thing. And I can always come up with at least something. And I just really loved it all. Other than, you know, could it have been longer? <laughs> but we know that can't happen. But <laughs> Yeah, you got to pay the bills with commercials right? and advertising. We totally get that. Right? You know, some people might not get that, but, you know, we need commercials to pay for we some do. of that stuff. We do. <laughs> Absolutely. Or, or we're not getting these movies at all. And so we do appreciate the sponsors yeah. and um, keep Keep coming, sponsors. We appreciate you. And um, keep, you know, paying to have, you know, the support of or supporting GAC movies on the air because we we really want to continue to watch these kinds of movies because I, I thought this one was amazing and uh, I enjoyed it very, very much. And it, so you're, it was a great kickoff. It was for totally, the year. that's exactly what I was going to say. I was say, what a great <laughs> kickoff for 2022. Like how exciting. And then our next movie that I believe is on February 12th is what is the name of the movie with Jesse Metcalf and Jessica Lowndes? It is something with heart in it, and I can't come up with it. I'm so sorry. My mind is a blank, so yes, I can't help you with that. I just is know a that too. It, it's yes. Jesse and Jessica, the J and the yes. J. And it is on the 12th. I remember that. So, yes, yes be looking and out. I, I remember for lots that. of heart. Yes. So. Yes. Maybe, oh, Harmony from the Heart, I believe there is the name go. of it. Great yes. Job. Thank you. That it just and I'm looking <laughs> forward to seeing them sing. And yes, for it's sure. It's nice to see. It's nice to see Jessica. This is what her third movie for yes. GAC, right? Yes, so. she's another one that's been very collaborative, and um, you know, I really love that they're they're executive producers because they're more engaging. 
and they're engaging yeah. with the fans. They're engaging with Bill on his like um, on his Zoom. Um, yeah, his fireside chat. Yes, his fireside chats, and Jessica was great because I think he did the first one with him, and I'm like, oh, are they going to do this all the time? I loved it, and then it seemed like it it keeps going for more and more that are going and doing those chats with Bill, and I look forward to seeing the cat every time too. So. I know, right? And and you know what else I love, and I, I appreciate this about Bill Abbott is that he's not hiding behind the fact that he did have a previous employer. And when he's talking to these actors and actresses that did work there as well, and may still be doing work there as well, that he's not um, afraid to say what they did good and what they did together. And like, he's not, He's not shying away from that, and I really appreciate no, that. He's being very humble and he very is. kind. He is, and so, I just I like appreciate that. that about Bill Abbott. And um, thank you, Bill, for bringing these types of movies to us, and we hope to see more, and we know we will. So thank you so and much. And I, I think it, I think it requires, I think it's something that that's great that GAC is doing too. So you know, Absolutely. keep up, keep up that togetherness and. And that, that willingness to go, hey, there are other channels out there, but, you know, give us a try. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we love GAC Family TV. And we want to thank you for listening to the Our Family TV podcast. You can find us on social media at Our Family TV. And you can email us at hello at ourfamilytv.com. We'd also appreciate a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until we meet again, we hope you're sitting on the couch with your family, eating a big bowl of popcorn, and watching a wonderful TV show. Mm -hmm.